Welcome to the show, Ellie. Thank you so much, Julia. It's amazing to be here. So happy you're here. And for those of you that don't know, I recently just worked with Ellie and her agency, and it was such an amazing experience that I knew we had to have you on the show because I think everyone deserves to hear about what you do because of how much it really truly helped me in my business. So share a little bit more about you, what an OBM is and what your agency does. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So an OBM stands for Online Business Manager. Uh, we essentially come into people's businesses and we set up systems and structures and we help manage the team that's in place and essentially take off all of the nitty gritty tasks that are on a CEO's plate. So all of the things that make a CEO, a business owner feel kind of overwhelmed or like they have a lot of stuff going on, an online business manager will come in and take that over. Now, that being said, I have transitioned into consultancy work, which is what you and I did together. And that is very much like a systems and strategy approach where I focus on building out um, tech platforms and building out processes that allow your team to grow, your operations to scale, and you hopefully to kind of feel a little bit more relaxed and at ease in the way that you run your business as well. Amazing. And that's exactly how I felt after our work together. So I really had the best experience. I even share with my clients, I'm like, everyone needs an Ellie, everyone needs an OBM. So it was so amazing. So I'd love to hear about how you started this business. Mm -hmm. Yes, amazing. Oh my gosh, this feels like going back in time. But uh, so I was actually working in the Middle East for uh, an Omani company. So Oman is this beautiful, quite unknown country, um, kind of nestled in between Yemen and Saudi Arabia and the United Emirates. And it's beautiful, beautiful. And I was over there working for an Omani company, essentially as a project manager. And although I loved my job and I had amazing contacts and amazing network, it was right at the start of COVID. And when COVID kicked off, I kind of thought to myself, wow, A, my job is potentially at risk here because I was working as an expatriate for an Imani company. And I thought also, B, this is a great opportunity. I can see that working from home, I've got a lot more time on my hands because I'm not having to commute into work. And I saw an opportunity to kind of like take my life and my job into my own hands a little bit more and create something for myself. Um, and funnily enough, at the time, I, there was someone on my personal Instagram, a friend from, of a friend from ages ago, and she was at the time living in Bali and living this gorgeous life and, you know, just looked like she was living the dream. And I actually messaged her and I was like, hi, just wanted to know, like, what do you do to be able to afford to live in <laughs> Bali? Like, what is your, like, what have you done right in your life to be able to live somewhere so exotic and beautiful um, without having like this office or corporate job? And she explained that she actually worked for a, um, for a company in Bali, but a lot of her friends were virtual assistants and had their own businesses. And like a little light bulb went off in my head and I was like, hang on a sec, what's a virtual assistant? Like, how can I do something similar? So in true Ellie fashion, I like went straight into full research. And I think within that weekend or over that weekend, I knew everything there was to know about being a virtual assistant, everything that... I needed to know about how to set up my very basic foundations of a business and I went ahead set up the website set up my kind of Instagram page and kind of did it all as fast and as quick as I could 
Now, that being said, I quickly transitioned away from being a virtual assistant into being an online business manager. I think I was only a virtual assistant, quote unquote, for maybe two or three days before I realized that with my master's degree and all of my corporate experience, I was potentially, you know, meant for an online business manager role. And it really just kind of spiraled and grew from there. I was still working in my corporate environment, but from five or six in the morning until eight, I was kind of hustling away in my, in my job, yeah. in my business. And then I would go to work, even if that was work from home. And then as soon as my day clocked out from five until 10 in the evening, I was growing my business, kind of working on Instagram, trying to get clients, working on client work. So doing all of the things uh, in order just to grow this business as a side hustle initially. Um, and then after six months, I was able to leave my job and go full time into kind of running my business, which at this point had grown considerably. Um, and I was kind of working with clients all over the world, US, Australia, the United Kingdom, rest of Europe. Um, and I guess that's the kind of very foundational start of where I am today. Wow, that's amazing. And a lot of people listening are either working their corporate job or maybe just dipping their toes into online entrepreneurship. So I always find that it's so helpful to hear how you started. So thank you for sharing that. And how did you get your first clients? Like, where did that all start? It actually started on Instagram. So, I mean, I have archived the majority of my old posts from Instagram because let me just say they weren't top quality. But that being said, I just took messy raw action from the very beginning. Even when it came to Instagram, I had a lot of stock pictures from like Pinterest or anything that I could really get my hands on that kind of fit with my aesthetic and my vibe. And I would post very consistently on Instagram with captions that were at the time, looking back, not all that great, but I was still trying to provide some educational content. But the large bulk of my activities on Instagram, which allowed me to get clients, was a lot of outreach. I engaged a lot with other people's Instagrams. I had, from the beginning, identified the kind of person that I wanted to work with. And anyone who kind of fit into that ideal audience category, I would reach out to them on Instagram. Uh, create connections, authentic connections. It wasn't cold outreach by any means. And then from there, I got my first client. They were great. They really gave me the opportunity to kind of solidify some of the knowledge that I had in the offline world and apply that to the online world and really learn a lot as I was going along. And then it kind of snowballed. Same strategies, same tactics of engaging, building out my Instagram um, audience, building out my Instagram content. And then I got my second client and my third client and so forth. So it really was just raw messy action with a very raw and messy strategy which did work at least initially um, and helped me grow and I guess from then it was word of mouth and referrals and building up my credit credibility and my authority in the online space which saw me become quite a renowned OBM if I could say that um, so people were kind of coming to me to work with me as well but that happened of course after kind of six months to a year of consistently posting and consistently getting clients. So it wasn't by any means people just kind of knocking my door down to work with me in the very beginning phases, but it did eventually get to that point. Yeah, and that's so important for people to hear. So thank you for being so honest and transparent about mm -hmm. it because I think there's a lot of stigmas around, you know, messaging people or like outreach. Mm -hmm. And I totally agree. Like what I teach my clients and how to build their online businesses, it's all about building relationships. 
And Absolutely. when asking, mm-hmm. how did you get your clients? It really came from that true, authentic relationship building. And it's nice to really see yeah. ultra successful people like yourself and your agency doing great things and saying, but this is where we started. Yeah, absolutely. And when I really look back at my old content and I really encourage my clients to do the same, I'm like, go back to my like very first stories. I mean, some of those are still present on my Instagram and you'll see like, I just, I just showed up and I just camera, you know, selfie mode. I was just talking and educating as much as I could. I think I had a whiteboard and I would scribble on the whiteboard to try and teach my audience as much as I could and really kind of show them the things that I knew. But also that really helped me convert my audience from just being kind of passive viewers over to thinking, wow, this person actually has a solution that's going to benefit me and help me grow my business and help me actually get to a place where I feel at ease and have more flow. And then eventually I'm able to kind of top up my revenue and feel more profitable as well. And that's a topic I'm super passionate about is quality does not equal production value. It Mm -hmm. equals education and transformation. Do you agree with that? Yes, absolutely agree with that. Um, And I think just that just showing up in your most raw format and just kind of really helping people see how you can support them is just gold dust. And I think so many people get put off, especially people who are just starting their businesses. They get put off by like, everything has to be so perfect all of the time and it has to be so curated. And I have to be like at the top of my game. I have to be an expert in absolutely everything before I can even consider educating someone on something. And something that I always come back to is like, just because you don't feel like you're an expert in everything doesn't mean that you're more of an expert than the person who's watching your content. You know, like I don't know the first thing about, you know, YouTube video content creation or anything like that. But what I do know about systems and strategies is exactly what I teach my audience on my Instagram and the people who come to my Instagram, the people who watch my content, that's what they want to learn from me. That's what they want to know about when they watch my stories. So it's about finding the things that you feel, wow, I'm an absolute genius in this, or at least I know more stuff than potentially my audience do on this and really, really going to town on that. Yeah. And I love this idea of messy action, starting before Mm -hmm. you're ready. These are all things that I truly stand by as well, either in my business or teaching my Mm -hmm. clients. So what did that messy action look like for you in the beginning? Take us back (laughs) a step to then. Oh my goodness. I feel like the the systems expert in me is probably cringing when I say all of this, but I, in full transparency, it was really, it was really messy. I mean, no one ever is born knowing how to create a business. No one is ever born knowing all of the things that you need to do to kind of like get your first clients or create a website or even like think about email marketing. But I just researched as much as I could. I think the first thing that I did uh, was go on Wix and create like a basic <laughs> website. Um, I had some like pictures of me sat at my kitchen table. I tried to make the background as like neutral as possible with my little laptop in front of me, you know, like the production value was not great, (laughs) but the website was there and the website had the sole purpose of just telling people what services I did. I think I even included my prices because I wanted to be really transparent about my prices from the beginning and having an app like apply to work with me page. Now I am absolutely not saying that anyone starting a business needs a website, but I'm, but I think that having a go-to place where people can find 
what your services are and how they can work with you is essential in order to kind of really create that seamless kind of customer experience for the people who are on the other end of that. But messy action for my website side of things just looked exactly like that. And then the messy action on kind of social media content creation literally just looked like those basic pictures that I just mentioned that were on my website or stock pictures or pictures from, from Pinterest. And I would just post them every single day with captions that were somewhat engaging and somewhat educational, although of course, looking back now, they could have been a lot better, but it was just putting myself out there, like truly putting myself out there in the most messy way was what I think really got the snowball rolling and got the whole process rolling. Uh, and even now, that's what I try to encourage people to think about is like, you just don't, it doesn't have to be perfect. You do not have to have everything perfectly lined up in order to start. You just need to have the drive and the passion to get it going. Um, so for me, messy action just looked like, looked like researching, learning as much as I needed to know in order to do that thing and then just trying it, probably failing at it a little bit as well. But that's what enabled me to get better and better and better. And then go on to create things like, you know, my customer experience through Dubsado and then go on to do email marketing, things that I had never done before, but things that over time I got better and better and better at. Yeah, I love that so much. And share a little bit more about what the journey looked like, like the process Mm -hmm. from being in your kitchen, those moments of taking those photos, posting stock photos to where you are now like just kind of share with us what that whole journey looked like oh my gosh it was there was a lot of ups and downs um and it definitely wasn't as glamorous as I think people want owning a business or at least running a business to look like I mean kitchen table that was first step I think the slight evolution from that because again this was COVID so um places like Ikea weren't even delivering that much and they had a real delay on all of the furniture. So I didn't even have a desk at this point. I had a chest of drawers and I put a chair on the corner of my chest of drawers and I had one leg on either side of my chest of drawers. That was my desk. And that was my desk for like six months. Okay. So I was, I was making, you know, really good money at this point. I'd met my, I'd, I'd kind of a met my corporate salary at this point, but I was working from a chest of drawers <laughs> with one leg on either side. So it was, you know, it wasn't glamorous by any means. And then uh, I actually left my corporate job, left the Middle East and moved over to Portugal. No small studio apartment. My office was in the bedroom. Um, there was a lot of kind of, you know, early morning calls were done in there and it was had to be kind of tidy and look kind of like an office with an okay backdrop behind me. Um, and it's evolved eventually to the, to the place where I am now, which I have a beautiful apartment and I have a beautiful office and I have so much more serenity, I think. Um, and I feel much more at ease in my office and working environment, but I know that it's taken time to get there. You know, this is, this is the result of two and a half years of, of hard work and two and a half years of me evolving from kitchen table to (laughs) chest of drawers to studio apartment to suddenly having my, my own office. Um, so that process has been one that's taken time, taken a lot of hard work and also taken recognizing that it just doesn't happen overnight. You know, like as soon as you start a business, you can't just expect to suddenly be making multiple six figures and have your own like glorious and glamorous office. 
and have a team of 10. Like it just doesn't work. Some, for some people it does, but for many people, myself included, it wasn't like that. And it did take, it did take a process to get where I am today. Wow. And what were some of the biggest challenges you had to overcome or maybe one of the biggest? I think at the start, the biggest challenge I had to overcome was the duality of working in my corporate environment and also having a business that I was so passionate about and wanted to grow. You know, when I say I was working 12, 15 hour days, it's no exaggeration. I was, you know, splitting my time between starting and growing my business and also having a a high responsibility job in, you know, in a corporate environment. And then during COVID, when I was working from home, that was a little bit more manageable. But then when everyone kind of returned to office, there was a whole new dynamic that I had to navigate, which was, you know, in my lunch, in my lunch hours or any kind of 10 minutes that I could spare, I would be on my phone messaging back clients, kind of like kind of communicating with my team. So that was a really, really challenging dynamic to navigate. Um, and then when I say when I left my corporate job, the secondary kind of challenge I had to navigate was just the instability of moving between different places. So when I first moved to Portugal, I didn't have a set house. I was kind of like jumping between Airbnbs a little bit before we could kind of find a a set house or set place to to live. And so I think the instability was quite challenging because I was having to navigate at this point a really successful business. And I was kind of diversifying into the educational side of my business, which was courses and um, kind of live teachings And then having to do that whilst not having a solid place to work or having a solid office was also really, really challenging. Wow. And what about the mindset? Like, who did you have to become in order to embody this, like, CEO version of you? Oh, my gosh, that's such a beautiful question. Quite a hard one to answer, I think, because if I'm being fully honest at the beginning, I didn't really think about it. At the beginning, I was just so passionate about creating a life for myself that was outside Mm. of the standard checkboxes because up until the point where I was living in the Middle East like I'd done everything that I was supposed to have done right I'd Mm -hmm. done really well at school I did my bachelor's degree did really well did a master's degree um, did really really well in that went back to the UK got a great job was sent over to the Middle East with that same company um, in a great extension of that job, it was kind of a secondment where I was spending some time in the Middle East, love the Middle East, ended up getting headhunted by another company over there. So I checked all of these boxes, right? And I'd done yeah. so with kind of hard work and grit. And then when it came to starting my business, I think that same mindset of like hard work, wanting to achieve, but then also realizing that I wanted to move outside of those boxes. I wanted to create a life where I had time freedom and financial freedom so I think that's really what was kind of driving me forwards um but that's in my view not necessarily enough like the desire sometimes isn't always enough you do have to make that mindset switch and I think when I realized I needed to make that mindset switch was when I kind of transitioned over to educational content and for me then the mindset and the thing that was driving me was impact. Like I really wanted to help people. I really wanted to impact people, whether that be helping them start their businesses or whether that be making people's businesses more structured and easier for them to run. That's what kind of really drove me and moved me forwards. And the mindset piece was just kind of knowing that I needed to just keep on going. I had this core goal of 
impacting people, but also creating a life for myself that I truly dreamed of. Um, and I think that's just what kept me motivated and that's just what kept me going. This is such a beautiful conversation because I couldn't agree with you more about the boxes. I kind of mm-hmm. had a similar path where I'm like, I'm following the rules and I'm doing the right yeah. things and I'm a high achiever and all the things on paper. And then I felt like my whole life was just on paper. It just felt yeah. like my life was dictated by a degree, a relationship, mm-hmm. a job. And I think it was, I don't know, maybe you can relate to this, but social media that opened my mind of like, right, how you said you had that friend in Bali. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing friends either from my hometown or influencers. And I'm like, well, if mm-hmm. they could do it, what's stopping me? Why can't I do it yeah. too? Yeah, absolutely. And being like, it, there's so much potential out there for creating. I think we see this even more now with the evolution of kind of micro influencers that we see across TikTok and people really like diversifying how they make their income online. I think it's even more present now than perhaps it was two or three years ago. But once you start becoming aware of how many more options that are available to you other than just working in a corporate job and ticking those boxes, your mind is kind of just opened up to this whole new world of, wow, what I thought was never going to be possible until I was in my 40s or 50s in terms of the financial freedom that you have. Suddenly in your 20s is an option. It is possible, not just possible, but absolutely attainable, achievable. And I think that also was really motivating because I was like, I get to create something for myself. Like, if like my success is entirely dependent on me, which can be really scary because like you've got no one else to blame if it goes wrong, but it can be also really motivating because you've, you've got no one else to, to thank really than yourself when it goes right, which is really a really cool concept. That is so powerful. That is really so powerful. I'm just kind of like letting Mm -hmm. that sit because Mm -hmm. I remember like when I was so much younger, my parents are both entrepreneurs. So when I was younger, I remember like the first time my dad had told me that someone quit at his Mm -hmm. business. He owns a bakery. And I just remember being like, oh, I would never want to be my own business owner. People could just Mm -hmm. quit on you. And (laughs) now I kind of look back on it and I laugh a little bit because I'm like, first of all, that's like so funny and so cute. But at the same time, it's also that leadership that you have Mm -hmm. to step into. And I just hosted my first retreat in Sedona and it was a similar experience where I'm like, I have to like lead in a new way. It's different leading online than Mm -hmm. it is leading in person. And that was like, wow, like a whole new embodiment of my work. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear about how you had to stand or have to stand in your leadership for Mm -hmm. your business because you have a pretty big team as well. Mm-hmm. it's that and that's so beautiful that you kind of make that correlation between like leading online and leading in real life because I do think they're very very different although it is made so much easier than I think a lot of people imagine now in the remote space you have so many great tech platforms and ways that you can communicate with your team but that leadership piece is, is a really big part of becoming a business owner because it's not just leading the team it's also ironically leading yourself because when we are working for other people, whether that be in a, in a corporate environment or small businesses or whatever it may be, well, there's someone directing us. There's someone telling us what to do. There's someone holding us accountable. There's someone who is responsible for us to a certain degree. When you're a CEO, when you own your own business, whether that be large, small, whatever that looks like, you're responsible for your own time. You're responsible for your own yes. results. So that leadership piece also extends to how you show up for yourself. 
um, and how you hold yourself accountable. I think the team part, really interestingly, even though I don't, actually, actually contrary to what a lot of people think, I don't have a huge team. I have a team that is very structured. So each person has their very specific roles um, and they're fantastic, all remote um, team, team workers. And I think in terms of leading them, what I've found the best way to do that is just being really specific, really helpful, leaving a lot of room for error, but also leaving a lot of room for support because it's never just the team's fault. If someone does something wrong, that's not that necessarily their fault. It could also be the CEO's fault, the business, the business owner's fault for not providing the level of support, not providing the guidance, not providing the, the systems, the structures, the processes to help that person succeed. So I think when it comes to leadership, there is a big piece around just, yes, leadership of yourself, but also accepting responsibility that you also have to put in place the systems, the structures, the processes to support, to lead, to guide the people who are who are essentially representing your brand and who are showing up to support your clients or to support your business as well. So true. I love that. And now at this level in your business, right? Because you've been doing it a few years, you're crushing mm -hmm. it. You have this awesome build out agency. I think you even took some time off social media as well, right? Yes, I took off. Like a little like three to four months, but not consistently taking that time off. Like I just yeah. wasn't showing up as much. I was going through some exactly. stuff in my personal life and I kind of just wanted to take a little step back. And contrary to what people think, you know, you don't have to be always 100% present for your business to be running. Things can work behind the scenes as well. And that's kind of what I wanted to ask you is like mm -hmm. having that authority to say, I don't need to show up every day. I actually really have a business beyond the social media presence. What would you mm -hmm. say are your best tips in terms of like scaling and systems mm -hmm. and for people who are trying to really not necessarily move away from social media, but to focus more on like being a CEO rather than being just mm -hmm. a creator? Oh my gosh, I love that question because I think a lot of time people, and I certainly did as well, I built my business around Instagram. I mean, you heard me earlier on say that's how I got my first clients. I by no means, yeah. you know, neglect to say that, you know, social media is a really big part of my business. But how I managed to kind of not put all of my eggs in one basket was by creating other ways that I could communicate with my audience. So building out my email marketing and building out my email list. And I did that through a variety of different ways, free resources, masterclasses, even my price list on my website gets someone signed up to my email marketing list. Um, and that gives you direct access to people's inboxes. Uh, because as we all know, you know, Reels was such a huge thing for a while and now the algorithm has changed or social media, Instagram has changed and now they're kind of going to be prioritizing carousels and images. So all that goes to say that the algorithm is not necessarily on your side always and you can't count on your content being put in front of the right people at the right time. So I recognize that, built out my email marketing list. So even when I wasn't present on social media, I still had email funnels, I still had campaigns that were going out to my audience, I still had a way of communicating with the people who uh, were on my email marketing list without me having to show my face on Instagram every single day. So that was definitely one, one way. And the other way is just really through curating a fantastic group of current clients and past clients who uh, trust you, who you trust, and who are able to refer other people on through word of mouth. So you know, the client list continues to grow even when and even if I'm not on social media because I have 
clients who I'm continuing to support behind the scenes. I love this. And I love this evolution. So I don't know if I share this with you, but my boyfriend's also an agency owner and I actually, Amazing. yeah. And I used to do social media management and never got to a point mm-hmm. where it was like an agency of any sort, but I absolutely love like the evolution where you're like, I worked in this corporate job. I knew I had experience. Mm-hmm. I took it to be a VA. Now I'm like this boss ass agency owner, crushing it, (laughs) killing it. Like you have all the vibes, like people, I love to follow you on Instagram, but just seeing this evolution, right? From Mm. idea of, oh, let me Mm -hmm. see what this girl that I know is doing, right? She expanded Mm. your mind, showed you what's possible, messy action, and you ended up here. I think a lot of people will often look at the end result and they'll Mm -hmm. say, how do I get there tomorrow? And the truth is, look at this beautiful evolution that you've shared with Mm -hmm. us to get you to where you are today. Absolutely. I think that's actually the whole, the process of growth when it comes to your business and actually even comes to you as an individual, as a business owner, as a CEO is essential to being, to being able to show up as an authority, as an expert in the online space. Like if I had just overnight success at the click of my fingers, I wouldn't know a quarter of what I know today because the process that's got me to even this conversation with you right right now there have been a hundred fails there have been you know dozens of different services that I've tried that I didn't actually like or didn't actually enjoy you know providing to my clients there have been people that I've worked with all over the world that have enabled me to really deepen and expand my knowledge so the process that's got me to here to where I am today has actually given me so much, so much more knowledge and so many more skills than I would have potentially had if I had just been an overnight success. Um, and don't get me wrong, there are people who really are overnight successes and like kudos to them, they are doing absolutely amazing. Uh, but in my case, and I think in the case of a lot of people who potentially might be listening or a lot of people who are thinking about starting their online business, like trust the process. The process is what teaches you along the way, what kind of business owner you want to be and what kind of business you want to have because so many people I mean personally like I just said that kind of weekend idea of being a VA has now got me to the point where I am now consultant have a team online service provider but also educator and also have diversified my revenue across a multitude of different areas so that whole process has kind of evolved to getting me getting me here today getting me where I am I love that and what was the number one light bulb switch for you? Because when I work with people, they're typically at that point in their job where they're like, I know I'm made for more. I'm watching everybody Mm -hmm. on Instagram do it. How do I do it too? What was like the true moment, if you can remember, that you were like, I have to quit this job and I have to go all in on my dreams? I think it was the realization that... I didn't want to be working for someone else for the rest of my life. I don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed my job. I, I was, it was really challenging. It was working in a really international environment. Like it was everything that younger Ellie would have been like, sign me up now, I'm so down for this. Like it was everything that I wanted, right? But I also think that I had evolved to the point where I realized I didn't want to be at the whim of someone else's decisions. I didn't want my job to be disposable even though it wasn't necessarily disposable. I didn't want my career, I didn't want my life to be in someone else's hands. I really wanted to take control of that. 
And you know, you mentioned both your parents being entrepreneurs, both my parents are also entrepreneurs, they have their own small businesses. And so from a really young age, I mean, I actually lived in France from the age of eight to 15. My parents sold everything in the UK, moved us to this kind of farm in France where we kind of grew up in this really rural and exciting environment. And I think I had this amazing appetite for risk from a, or not risk, but calculated risk and adventure from a really early age. And so I think the light bulb moment for me was like, oh, I could, I think I can do more than this. Like I want a little bit more adventure in my life and I want the time freedom and the financial freedom to be able to explore that adventure. And for me, that didn't look like a nine to five or an eight to six, which was at the time, so it was a big job, but an eight to six at the time, it didn't look like that. Um, it looked like following something that had a little bit more risk involved, uh, but also a lot more reward. I love that. And you are the true embodiment of living your dream life. You travel, you just got engaged. We were talking about it before the podcast. I'm so happy for you. And it's really just so beautiful to just see you winning and succeeding in this beautiful agency business and life that you built. And I'm really grateful that you came on the show to provide that as inspiration to everyone listening to show them what's possible thank you and thank you so much for having me like it's just it's such a funny experience to talk about kind of the humble beginnings and I think it also helps me realize even just kind of saying these things out loud how far I have come but also kind of remembering at the very beginning what was just this kind of far away vision far away dream like those things absolutely are possible and if I could almost kind of go back and speak to a to a younger Ellie at the very foundations of starting this whole adventure, I would tell her not to do anything differently. Really, I would I would give her no tips and no shortcuts. I would say, you just, just run with it. The messy action, that is going to get you exactly where you need to go. So I think a lot of people nowadays, they want the shortcut, they want the quick, the, the quick things that are going to get them closer. But I think having going through that process and, and ideally going through that process with someone who can guide you along the way is the best way, the best way to learn, the best way to evolve and the best way to create your dream life. I love that. Thank you so much, Ellie. Thank you for coming on here. Thank you for allowing me to give you the space to kind of watch the evolution and see how far you've come. I know I'm the same way. Like I <laughs> should look on my accomplishments more than I do. No. <laughs> so, I really hope that this just showed you like how amazing of a business you've built. You are a great person. I loved working with you. So tell other people Thank if they you. want to work with you, where they can find you. Absolutely. So Instagram is the best place to find me. Um, it's just Ellie. So E-L-L-I-E-O-B-M. Simple. You can find me on there. My DMs are always open. I love a chat. love a voice note. So just come and say hi. Um, and yeah, thank you so much, Julia, for giving me the space as well to come on here and to chat with you. Any, any chat with you is always lovely and gorgeous and even more so on this podcast. So thank you. Thank you. And we'll link everything in the show notes and thanks for coming on.